So you want to know why you keep getting injured. This is something that Yana and I are very passionate about and we've had another great question from one of our UMS online coaching members uh, about just this. It's something that so many people struggle with and it can be a really frustrating experience if you don't know what to do. But we're going to tell you the secret sauce. Hi everyone, in case you haven't met, my name's Rad Burmeister, that's my brother Yanni Burmeister, we're the co-founders of Unity Gym and the co-creators of the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we turn driven people into superhumans. And the reason we get such astonishing results with our members is that we've created a program that has a balance between strength and flexibility. If you want to know how we do it, download one of the free blueprints, the Strength Blueprint, Flexibility Blueprint, or Nutrition Blueprint, there's a link in the description of this video. And also, join the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group, that's where we go live with these videos every day answering your questions and, and that's where we are and that's where we are so let's uh we've got a really good question today from one of our newest members of the ums online coaching i'm just going to pull that up on my before phone. we get into it guys give us a um comment uh who you are where you are where you're watching from we want to know who we're talking to i think i see ashley reed on the live stream ashley welcome brother one of our um gym tribe members uh, and so, yeah, I'd love to know who we're talking to. So we've got um, uh, a question here from Sean DeBalas. He's saying, hi, Regine Burmeister, excited to be part of the tribe. I've been listening to the podcast while working from home in Ireland, and you guys have really been an inspiration for me and great company. Thank you, brother. I've been doing the home workout series, but I'm being held back by golfer's elbow since last year, which is how I first came across Unity Gym on YouTube. I've neglected my fitness for the past few years and now find that every time I try to get back into it, I pick up niggling injuries, which I've let derail me. I've booked a consultation with Phil, so I hope I can finally get this one sorted and build a solid foundation. I've played a lot of sports and done a lot of gym work previously, but never any calisthenics or flexibility training. So I'm looking forward to getting into the best shape I've ever been in. So this is something that um, Yanni and I uh, feel very strongly about because we've We've dealt with this ourselves, and we've had so many of our members deal with this. What are you laughing at? Ashley Reid watching from bed. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I like it. Sorted. Well done, Ash. I like it, mate. Um, so, the um, look, I dealt with this myself. I did Kung Fu for 13 years, and then I joined the Army for four years, and then I got out, and I was really stiff, and I had aches and pains in my body, which is something that I had to deal with. That's what led us down this path of flexibility development. But I considered myself to be a pretty well-conditioned person. Like if I did a workout with people, like if we went and did a, a HIT workout or a boot camp workout or you know some type of circuit, I would be one of the high achievers in the class. But when I started doing calisthenics, I started getting injured and I had never had these kind of injuries before. The ones I got, golfer's elbow, tennis elbow, uh, I had chronic pain in my wrist, which prevented me from being able to do handstands for about six months or anything on my hands, really. Uh, and then probably the worst one, I got a slap tear on my uh, right shoulder uh, and a couple of other little niggles here and there. And it comes from like your condition to what you do. So if you've never done calisthenics before or you've never done the UMS at-home workouts before, that's a different type of conditioning. Like if you've never put your hands on the ground and tried to do pike push-ups before, it doesn't matter how much sport you played in the background, if you didn't condition those joints, you're an absolute beginner when it comes to those joints. But when we've done a lot of work in the past, we like to think of ourselves as being already good at something that we've never done. I know I did. 
Um, you probably did as well, Yanni. And it's all about load management. It's about understanding the uh, how to manage load so that you don't go over the threshold of what your body can handle. And it's this old injury intensity continuum thing and um, or issue intensity, sorry, I should say. And uh, yeah, managing how much you lift, how intense the exercise is so that the weakest link in your chain isn't getting stressed to the point where you get injured. First of all, most of the people that watch this as part of the UMS Movement Mastermind will have no clue what the issue intensity continuum is. Um, that Why is don't a, you explain it? Well, it's a principle in our um, uh, Strength and Flexibility Essentials mini course, which is part of our UMS online coaching program. Uh, and it is essentially that there is a, a explain it, it illustrates and explains the direct correlation between the level of issue in your body from a scale of zero to ten. Ten being you're so injured that you're incast, incapacitated, incapable of exercise, and zero being that you've got no injuries whatsoever. And, uh, it, and it corresponds with the level of intensity that you can push your body to, the tissue tolerances in your body. Um, and so obviously uh, the, the opposites oppose each other. So if you've got a 10 out of 10 on the injury scale, then you do a zero out of 10 on the intensity scale. Is it uh, an issue intensity? I thought you used to always correct me. On issue that. intensity. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, you just yeah, said but injury. Well, I am saying injury because people won't know what an issue is, you know. Yeah, you always correct explaining me. Explaining it. So I just thought I'd correct you. So it's, uh, yeah, it basically just says that, if, you know, if you've got a five out of five I injury level, uh, we call it an issue, uh, then uh, you can only, you can train, only train to a five out, out of, of ten, ten intensity, yeah. so you know. Five out of ten. ten yeah, injury, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. And, and vice versa. And so, it, yeah, it just helps us to diagnose and um, prescribe the right course of action when, when choosing exercises, you know. And then, and then the next thing to understand, and before we continue, we should say, if you've got any questions on this, we'd love to know uh, what you want to know. And also, uh, if, if, you've, if you can relate to this, if uh, anybody has any experiences that they want to share, please leave a comment so that we can uh, respond to you. What, what, you're, what you're also dealing with, you yeah, might, you know, with, I, I you can see we've got a couple of people, Simon, Morgan's just jumped on. Uh, I know Ashley's got a, an issue in his shoulder that he's had for a long time. I, I won't talk about it, Ashley, uh, unless you comment saying you're totally fine with me sharing your I'll keep uh, this. your issue. I want to, before we digress, I want to just um, be a little bit specific to, um, I've gone off the thread. So what was, what was his name? Um, I've got it here. Uh, no, I don't. Here we go. Uh, Sean. Sure. So Sean... Um, there's something that we, we bang this drum so much, and in all honesty, until every single one of you know this verbatim, um, we're going to keep saying it. The body adapts. There's three types of adaptations that occur went to, to resistance training. So when you start doing resistance training like calisthenics, there's three main adaptations that are going on. The first happens to the central nervous system, and it's where you basically learn to recruit more um, motor units or the larger motor units that, that activate the larger muscle fibers so that you can produce more strength. And that takes about 30 days before you can see a significant improvement, about 30% strength improvement in, uh, in about 30 days uh, a beginner can have. The next happens on to the muscle fibers themselves. <clears throat> the muscles become thicker and stronger. Uh, and that takes about 90 days. So that's when you start to see that you're, you're like, oh, wow, look at this, I'm building some muscle. And the last one is the connective tissue. So the tendons and that takes about two years. So 
what often happens is people get stronger, their muscles get stronger, their nervous system gets stronger, they can lift a whole lot more weight, but the connective tissue that's holding the muscle onto the bones, that's hold, connecting the joints together, it hasn't caught up at all. So you're putting all this extra stress on and then you start to get tendonitis and golfers, tendinopathy and golfer's elbow and things like that. So that's a, that's a quick breakdown of what's going on. So the, the overall... Um, strategy for you is you don't need to stop doing what you're doing most likely you need to back it off and do an intensity that's more suited for the weak link for in all your of kinetic the chain for so the whole tissue all of the right. tissues the other the other really big important thing to address and understand here uh, and i will get to the comments that are coming through now we've got some um interaction coming through um, the, the, the other thing to understand is that what you've done in the past, for me, it was, um, uh, when I first started to really train in the gym, it was boxing. I had boxed quite competitively, very consistently, very frequently, uh, like six days a week. Um, uh, we even did like, uh, cardio training, running and hill sprints and things on Sundays. So seven days a week, but it wasn't specific to boxing on Sunday. Um, I did that for a long time, on, on and off for about 16 years since I was a young kid, uh, around the age of 14. And <clears throat> uh, when I was first introduced to gym training at about 19 years old, 20 years old, um, I went into the gym, you know, having trained very at a high, high level uh, for a long time, thinking that, you know, yeah, I could just dive straight in. And of course, there was all sorts of different issues going on with my body that only became apparent when I wanted to lift weights and when I wanted to work out. I had really rounded shoulders. Uh, I had horrible what's referred to as upper cross syndrome, um, sort of tight pecs, weak uh, trapezius, rhomboids, levator scapula, those uh, muscles that keep the shoulders back in place. And um, I had very poor neural connection to those areas of my body because I hadn't learned to use them properly. And so my body just didn't know how to retract my scapula. My body didn't know how to elevate or depress my scapula. It knew how to throw punches really well, but it didn't know any of that other stuff. And so when I came into doing movements that required me to set my scapula in an optimal position so that I could press over my head or do chin-ups and things like that, I really quickly injured both my shoulders and r ran into big, big problems. Uh, I, I even sort of started to dabble in um, breakdancing and, and gymnastics and, and acrobatics and, and really hurt myself um, doing that sort of stuff. And uh, so a key... Backflips yeah, in the nightclub. Backflips in a nightclub. Yeah, that's right. And a key to understand um, is that despite what you may or may not have done in the past, it has to be specific to what you're now doing. You know, if you've, uh, if you've mastered running and become an elite level runner, it means Buckley's when you come into the gym and start lifting weights and vice versa. You know, if you lift a lot of weights and you're really fit in the gym and you decide, oh, I want to do a marathon and you take out to the concrete, pounding the pavement, running every day, you're going to end up with injuries related to running because you go in at a bat, like a bat out of hell and don't properly um, adapt and condition yourself. And there's, you know, um, there's like fundamental things that need to occur in both circumstances to allow those connective tissues and the deeper tissues to remodel and catch up to what the nervous system can do, what the cardiovascular system can handle in, in the case of doing running or something like that, you know, especially like doing going from regular gym training or martial arts in Rad's case to doing calisthenics. It puts different demands on the body and therefore the body starts at square one again. And this is the big problem that we fuck up, pardon my language. We either 
train really to a high intensity, then take some time off and try to come back at the level that we left. Or we enter a new practice, trying to come at it at the level of intensities that we've been able to throw at our old practices. Yeah, meaning if there was like 15 levels to calisthenics, people come in and think that they're ready for level five. Yeah. And I did that myself. We did that. We all do it. We, we, Everyone we, does yeah, it. We, we came in and we thought, I mean, I really had tickets on myself thinking, you know, I'm a strong, fit, you know, relatively flexible person. I'm, I'm not doing the base, basic stuff. Yeah. And what I learned is that you have to. Yeah. And I tried for years doing it the wrong way and injuring myself and went back to the start and now being older and after having suffered some really bad injuries that we're getting told all the time that people cannot get rid of, like, you know, golfer's elbow and tennis elbow and a sprain to the wrist that meant I literally could not pull more than that without excruciating pain for about nine months. Yeah. This is serious stuff. And when you look at ten, uh, tendinopathy, if you, if you speak to someone like Phil, they'll tell you that once you've got it, it's very, very hard to ever fully get rid of it. Yep. So to have beaten that is beating the odds. Uh, and then also something like a slap tear, but to come from the back end of that to being stronger and more capable now than I've ever been, it shows that our process that we're doing things now is an effective yeah. way to do Look, it. We, I asked this question to the late Charles Poliquin um, when he was out, when he used to teach his um, uh, uh, oh um, PICP, the Poliquin Institute Strength Certification. Um, and he made a statement saying that athletes, because I, I wanted to know, so do you do, he used to do a protocol of um, what they call structural balance, anatomical structural balance training at the beginning for the first nine weeks of every new client. And I said, what about if you get an athlete, like a really trained athlete? And he said, athletes need it more than anybody. Yeah. And the reason is because athletes, and we've seen it here, elite level rugby league players have come in here and they're the worst because they are so elite so at their sport yeah. and so specialized that when you introduce um, specific strength training, their body still needs to adapt. They're going to have um, uh, stronger tissues in areas of the body that you, that you and I have, but in other areas, areas of the body they're going to be as weak as anyone else yeah. and and they're going to have as poor um yeah even weaker and they're going to have as poor neural um patterns as anyone else when they take to new movements that they've never done before yeah. and but their mindset is geared to at an elite athlete level so they don't want to come in and do the, the beginner stuff anymore. They feel like they've surpassed that. And, you know, rightly so. A lot of them have earned the right to have that um, ego, you know. But um, unfortunately, their bodies will say otherwise. You yeah. know, they won't agree with the ego. And so, yeah, Charles used to say all of his elite level athletes come in and start doing remedial training, mm. you know, despite what they've achieved accolades. And he was talking about gold medal athletes, you know starting them off in remedial like our foundations for our foundations program is pretty much taken directly from the two people i learned the most from for s and c strength and conditioning which was charles poliquin and tony bataji and it's a hybrid version of both of their programs you know that we've adapted to our gym uh because we don't have well, the, we've adapted the, it to our split to, to, yeah um, to our training program yeah. our training um uh system you know yeah. but that's what who we learned it from you know and these guys are, are, are beasts at, at doing this sort of stuff now um this is the the thing that most people get wrong 
Yeah. You know, they, they come into their training with an ego and they come in with a with a, a, a set of beliefs based on what they've done before. And, you know, you might have achieved high levels of success in what you were doing before, but it doesn't mean much when you introduce new stimulus. And it's probably one of the hardest things that you'll ever go through if you're somebody that's passionate about training because you it's so hard to get rid of the ego. And if you've been training for, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and then you come in and you actually really take that humble pill where you think to yourself, wow, what I thought I was going to be able to do as a beginner is actually going to take me two or three years to be able to even do that. Yeah. And that is one of the hardest things that so many people have to do. And it really comes down to identifying your weak links and then training your weak links, not training your ego. It's tr it's about training you versus you. Yeah, that's yeah, the hardest that's right. thing. And and I'll share because Ashley said it's okay if I share his story. You know, um, Ashley's a great example of someone who's battled an issue for years. And the main reason, and he knows this, we've had these discussions when he's in the gym. The main reason that held him back from overcoming that issue is actually just prioritizing overcoming that issue. Yeah. When you walk into the gym and you're in a training group in a great, motivating, and inspiring environment with like-minded people who you're used to training with, and you're used to training on parallel with them, along with them when they're doing heavy barbell overhead press you're doing heavy barbell overhead press when they're doing heavy back squats you're doing heavy back squats and then to say okay i can't do what these guys are doing i've got to go back and treat my shoulder the way it needs to be treated it's very hard yep. because you've got to define defy your ego yep. and um and and that's the reason why most people don't ever overcome an issue now um karma and he's saying here which which furnishes what i'm saying the at-home workouts are helping my shoulder there's no pain at the moment and that is because he doesn't feel obligated or uh, attracted to going and, and maxing out on the barbell and doing bench press and doing those big lifts that the tissues in his body, although the muscles can do it, the connective tissues need to go back a few steps and really just learn how to stabilize again mm -hmm. and learn how to do all this sort of stuff again on the deep foundational level you know yeah. now Carmine said here something that is not correct and I want to just make sure that we um, address this early so treat working out with injuries like working out in a in a deload where he said download week but I assume he means deload yeah. week and no, I, I want to address why that's not correct because the deload week is still doing high complexity movements and often well, deload week is still high intensity and it's high it's, intensity you, you, you're yeah. actually in deload week you're actually still meant to strive for improvements and increases in your strength and in the complexity of your movement you're only meant to reduce the volume yeah that's so, exactly so, so, right so it's actually it couldn't be more opposite as to what we're talking yeah, about here that's right what we're talking about here is that you reduce the complexity and the intensity yeah uh, complexity go, is the difficulty of movement selected yeah so it might be you know you're used to doing a barbell a, back squat an, an and an you've got to scale it back lift. to a step up an a snatch an olympic snatch or a clean and jerk versus a deadlift yeah you've got an extremely complex movement versus a very uh, a, a not so complex movement yeah you know that's yeah. an example yeah yeah and when you're talking about what we're talking about here is Who we're is talking about cal oh. we're talking about um the we're talking about having a low level of complexity 
Um, and then from there, like finding a level of complexity or a level of intensity that doesn't aggravate the injury, that doesn't make it worse, but that challenges it, and then gradually increasing it. That's right. And also a, a level of volume as well. And, and guys, let me make this clear. Finding the right level of intensity and stimulus for your injured tissue may be a combination of a variety of things. It may not need to be a scale back of the complexity of the movement. It may need to be just a scale back in the amount of weight you lift in that movement but in some cases like rads where he uh, injured his shoulder and me last year you've literally got to go back and retrain the stabilizers and the scapular retractors so it meant for a period of time not doing any barbell yeah. bench press or dumbbell pressing and things like that you know and sometimes when you suffer a, a joint injury like a hip joint injury you've got to go back and retrain the stabilizers the more serious the injury the more you've got to regress backward when you treat it um, but most of the time most of the time doing nothing at all is worse than doing the wrong exercise. So a lot of people make that mistake too and they go, okay, I'm injured, I'll take two weeks off. No, no. Yeah. Why do you take two weeks off? If you get told that by a physio, they better have a bloody good reason as to why. And it usually should only be done. And I'll give you an example of this, guys. You know, I had a knee reconstruction five or six years ago and I was told to take four or five days off. I was heavily strapped up to keep the swelling under control. And I was told to take four or five days of literally nothing but contracting the quadriceps and the hamstrings on the floor, sitting on the floor. Immediate exercise. Mm. And they butchered my knee. They had to re take, remove tissue to create tendons. They separated the entire knee capsule, flushed it out, did all sorts of crazy stuff to it, rebuilt the ACL, um, uh, fixed the um, um, P uh, uh, MCL, shaved off bits of the meniscus, did all sorts of stuff. I had incisions everywhere. And I'm told to start training the day after I came out of that surgery, you know. And this is the thing, like, and I had one of the best arthropedic surgeons in the, in the country. You, there's very little injuries that, that require you to stop exercising. And we've had Phil talk about this before on the podcast, and he talks about the only real event that, that warrants complete abstinence from exercise is a bone fracture. A bone fracture needs to set, and so any movement can impede on that setting occurring, and it can yep. actually make the bone set misaligned. So essentially anything that doesn't involve a fracture to the bone, you should be training the day after. But the key is load management. You've got to be able to regress back to the point that suits that injury. And for me, after my knee reconstruction, it was literally just learning to contract the muscles again without any movement. Is mm -hmm. Isometric contractions, you know. Yeah. Um, Alec is uh, saying here, so you could aim for a, a personal record in a lift while in deload week. Yeah, you could. Absolutely. Absolutely. You sh in fact, you should. Yeah. You should be. And you know? um, Steve Kavanagh is saying, I can run a marathon with no training because I have done it for years, doing other stuff like weights and this scapular stuff is so hard. Uh, also a huge imbalance. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. And, um, you know, on the contrary, you have people that never run and all of a sudden they, they've never run or they haven't run for 20 years and now they're in their 50s and they say, oh, I'm going to start running and they start, they go, I'm just going to run 5Ks. Yeah. They do one run and they 
tear their hamstring or can't walk properly. Guys, I'm going through something. this right now. Yeah. I've just started running again, and I used to run heaps when I was boxing. I used to log kilometre after kilometre after kilometre every week, um, and it, it was a mix of sprints, stair climbs, distance running, everything. But I haven't run for about 15 years uh, consistently, and so I've j- literally started by doing 2Ks. I run from my house in Lavender Bay down to the water and back, I go downhill to get to the um, harbour, uphill to get up. It takes me about 14 or 15 minutes at the moment. And that's literally all I'm doing to condition my legs again. And I'll slowly build that up. And I run at a very low intensity, you know, like I'm just plodding along. I'm not absolutely belting it. Do I feel like I could go harder? Absolutely. Do I feel tempted to go oh, I'll run across the bridge today and log a 5K or a 7K? Of course I do but I will end up with issues in my legs. I'm 92 kilos at the moment. I've never run at that weight. When I used to box, I was 81 kilos. You know, I'm 11 kilos heavier than I used to. That's a lot more stress on my joints and my ligamentation system than I've ever had to endure running. So I'm starting really slow and I'm going to slowly increase it. And of course, I'll be doing 10K runs in a few months. But you know, I, I mean, even my partner, Kalisha, she's doing like five to seven K runs. And I was like, I, like I couldn't even go for a run with her because I'd be tempted to run with her, but it would just destroy me. You know, you've you, you've got to build up to it slowly and progressively, and you've got to run to the um, the level that suits your weakest link, your weakest tissues in the body. You know, my yeah. legs. I'm going to go out and do reps at 160 kilos on the squat today. My legs are strong as, you know, my core is very strong, but. For running, absolutely not. I don't have the conditioning in my tissues, in my ankles, in my knees, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in today. And Is that uh, all we're doing? Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And um, we will see you tomorrow big, morning. Big shout out to everyone on the podcast watching. Hey, guys, if you haven't already, get over and like uh, Switched On Physio. Phil has rebranded now. He's done it all. And he's launched his YouTube channel. He's also going to be doing a daily uh, live stream to this channel. Big announcement. Um, and he's going to be answering your questions on injury management and injury. So very exciting. Look out for that. I think he's going live 3 p.m. in the afternoon, Sydney time, Australian Eastern Standard Time. And he's literally just going to answer questions around injury, you know. So it's a very, very good uh, resource that you guys have got access to. Quite frankly, phenomenal, invaluable. So uh, um, get involved in that and get your questions in. Uh, If you tag Phil White in your questions on this page, I'm sure he'll find them and he'll answer them on the show. Um, Steve Cavan is saying huge, Phil. Absolutely. It's uh, it's, uh, absolutely. Ashley Reed saying started a couple of runs in lockdown. Calf muscles are hating me. Stretch, 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 brother. Uh, You have to loosen up. My calves and especially my soleus and my ankles are feeling it too. You have to make sure you keep your flexibility up. Otherwise, when you come back into squat, you'll have uh, really, really affected negatively your ability to squat. All right, guys, that's it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow for the workout and then the morning motivation episode of Unity V. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. 
There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.